Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the Are You Listening podcast. I'm Brand. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, we're not going to pretend like we haven't been talking for the past 20 minutes, but how it's are been you? At today? least 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. You excited about this episode? You excited about this album? We'll get there. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll no, take that. I'll take no that. spoilers right off the top. Then no no spoilers <laughs> off the top. I'm a fan. <laughs> today we're here to talk about the Addicts album, Sound of Music. This one was influential to me. I bought it at a had to be an FYE, I imagine, a CD store during a time when music, anything you listened to was influential. It was at that. It was that point of. I was at that age when whatever you listened sure. to was going to be influential. Like teenage years, like early teenage years. Yes, I would say fourteen, probably. Yep. That's about ish it. When I got this, yeah. And it's going through this. I'm excited to see what you think because uh, th- there's a lot of things and twists that I have for you that <laughs> may make you feel differently or not differently. But we'll we'll get there as we see fit. So I'm gonna give you some of the background information on the band here. Jump in whenever you feel. The Addicts are a British punk rock band from Ipswich, Suffolk, England. Ipswich. Ipswich, Suffolk, England. Okay. And I'm guessing you could tell they were from... <laughs> I, had, I had a hint. There was a hint. There was a slight, a little bit gave it away? A little bit. Well, they originated as The Afterbirth in late 1975. The Afterbirth. They were The Afterbirth in, nine, in, in late 1975. They never wrote any music. Oof. They never played any shows as that name, but that's what they started as. They then changed their name to The Pins, P-I-N-Z. The okay. Pins. Sure. Uh, before eventually changing it to the Addicts, because the Pins, they didn't do anything with the Pins either. Pins wasn't Pins wasn't it. No. And then they became known for their clockwork orange droog image. Right. So the musicians wear all white clothing with black boots and black bowler hats. The singer Keith Monkey Warren wears Joker makeup, wildly patterned suits like checkerboard or polka dot, flared trousers, colorful dress shirts, a bowler hat, and white gloves. Yeah, it's a style. So there's a look that's, to this band. That's a thing. So, But I am kind of glad that even though you would have seen, I think you've seen images of at least Monkey and like you knew the Drew yeah. situation. Yeah. I, I like the idea that I gave you the record to listen to 
and you didn't have to like look at them the whole time because I know how <laughs> I know how bands that have like visual identities doesn't really do anything for you. It's it's wild because usually the visual doesn't have anything to do with the audio part of it, which yes. is the part of music I love because it's audio. Some bands just I I don't understand the need for it. Like I'm not about the theatrics of it. We've already discussed my my entertainment. You know how I how I view music is not just entertainment. I I look for something deeper, and I think like maybe the makeup and all that stuff adds an an additional layer for me to not get attached to. Okay, I don't know. I I, I don't dig on makeup. I I, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I hate clowns. Maybe that's what it is. I don't like clowns. I mean, he's he's not a, he's not a clown though. He's a droog from Clockwork Orange. Understood. I know. And I, I but yeah, no. You could also argue that music in let's even go eighties in the early eighties European scene wasn't as capitalistic as the music scene today. So it, it would have sure. been more of an art aim as opposed to let's get recognized aim. Yeah, I get it. But Kiss was also active before that, so and that's and they're your favorite all time. You love them. Uh, you and G. I mean, I d- the thing is, I don't hate them. Like I own Kiss records. I love the music that comes from them. I just don't see the purpose of needing the friggin' makeup. I think their makeup also wasn't indicative of the music you were getting. Right. Like I know you can associate their makeup with their music now. Yeah. But as a kid, seeing Kiss and hearing Kiss didn't compute to me. It, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was completely different. Yeah, I got it. Like when I saw Kiss, I wanted Immortal. I, I wanted. <laughs> I wanted like black metal is what I was expecting to happen and with that look. That's not what you were getting when Beth. And came I on. was and I was getting Strutter. Is Strutter them? Is that <laughs> yeah? Strutter is them. Yeah. Yeah. And I got Strutter. I wanted. I wanted the church burnt down, and I got Strutter. <laughs> Another fun fact about the Addicts' name changes here. In the 1980s, they temporarily changed their name to the Fun Addicts to oh. appear on a children's TV show. No way. <laughs> yep. yep. They said, well, I guess we're the Fun Addicts. And then I think they changed funny. it right back after the show. Right. Uh, now, in all these name changes, did was there lineup changes as well? Or just name changes? It's really weird because there's not... I think the, the same three people, at least, have been this band the whole time. I think there might be one guy that bounces in and out. Oh, okay. But, like, even their Wikipedia doesn't have, like, one of those tables to show you who's To been show in the which band. members was when. Right. But three of the members that are on this Sound of Music album are still in the band now and on the website. So I'm assuming okay. that it's just kind of been them the whole time. Interesting. All right. Which it is interesting. That's a long time for a band. That is is a super long time. Yeah. And then another name change they did. When they signed to a major label, they changed their name to ADX. Ooh. Because that's the year that it was. It was. Don't like that one. (laughs) Eventually, they did go back to the Addicts, but ADX for Addicts was not a. That's that's an 80s thing if I've ever heard it. That's a mid to late 80s thing. Now, the band debuted technically in 1979 with the EP Lunch with the Addicts. Following that, their debut album Song of Praise in 1981 on their own Dweed Records. And it was funded by their then manager, Jordy Davidson. So they had their own record label in 81 before they put out their debut album. Yes. Crazy, because that that's like way before like the kind of DIY like really hit. In like the late 80s. I don't think I have enough knowledge on 
not only British punk, but like the whole British music scene to know what was happening. <laughs> the, the only thing that like, not the only thing, but one of the things I do know about British punk at that time was like the sex pistols come out. And like, I think like 79, I might be wrong on the year, but they were, they put out their debut record at like five different record labels. Cause they kept getting dropped. Yeah. So instead of doing the DIY thing, coming up with your own studio and your own label and all that, they were shopping it around. So for the addicts to come out in, I mean, the record, their first record came out in 81, you said. So before 81, they had to get this label started, even if it was with just their debut record. This is this. And this might explain a little bit why it may have happened is their manager, their then manager was Jordy Davidson. Two of the members in the band also have the last name Davidson. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm guessing that they're related. I couldn't confirm that. I looked. I couldn't confirm it. And oh, wow. The only bio they have on their actual website is like a mm. weird questionnaire. Like what's your favorite food and like what's your <laughs> favorite addicts moment and what's your gotcha. favorite album? It's weird. It's a weird thing. I yeah. think it's still they still have like that punkish attitude of this doesn't really matter. Like shit like right. that. Like yeah. we're not going to present ourselves like we're the we're the greatest band ever because we're just a dumb punk band. Right. Yeah. That's really cool, though. I, I really appreciate the fact that they put that record out themselves. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy to think about, even not knowing the British scene at all. I think that putting your debut album out and then knowing they went on to be a band for much longer is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Well, the same year that Songs of Praise gets re-released in 1982 on Fallout Records. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The band begins a relationship with Razor Records, and they release their second album, Sound of Music. Okay. So, essentially, their first album was getting re-released, and then they were like, well, there's another record label over here we're going to talk to, and then they put out this album. Gotcha. Uh, the album was released November 22nd, 1982, or November 12th, 1982, depending on <laughs> okay. if you check different websites. I I think it's the 22nd, but I've All seen right. some places say the 12th also. Okay, so November 22nd, 82, it came out. And it reached number 99 on the UK 100 charts. Wow. So it, it was on the charts. It also was number two on the UK indie charts. Wow. So it was a big indie hit in, yeah, solid. in Britain. Here in the States, because this thing didn't get anywhere near any charts in the States. <laughs> I was going to say, it got nothing. <laughs> yeah, here in the States... The week of November 27th, 1982, on the Billboard Hot 100. At number five, we have Heartlight by Neil Diamond. Oh. <laughs> At number four, we have Up Where We Belong, Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warnes. We are wildly different over here. At number three, we have Heart Attack by Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, there she is. Only thing I know by her is Xanadu. I don't, I don't think I know. She did that Let's Get Physical song. Okay, I do know that. Yeah. By the way, Xanadu is a ripper. Xanadu yeah. <laughs> is a ripper. At number three, we have Gloria by Laura Branigan. Never heard of her. No, never in my life. Nope. Not, a, not a clue. And then the number one song on the on the Billboard Hot 100 the week of November 27th, 1982 is Truly by Lionel Richie. Yep. Lionel Richie's rolling the airwaves. 82, yeah, he is. November 82. Dancing on the ceiling, my friend. And then I always try to like when we're on years like this where mm -hmm. 
I have trouble finding a basis in where in music is at the time. Sure. Yeah. I just looked to find like one track that will put me mentally like, oh, if this is the track that's happening, I kind of understand. And that was at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 was Maneater by Hall & Oates. Gotcha. She is a Maneater. And I don't, I know you, you've had to have watched Beavis and Butthead, right? Oh, yeah. One of the funniest jokes of all time is that video comes on, and I'm not going to do the voice, but <laughs> Butthead says, are you a man-eater, Beavis? And it's one of the funniest things in the world. I don't know why. It's stupid. It's one of the stupidest <laughs> things, but are you a man-eater, Beavis? It's just clear. <laughs> on to the Billboard 200 here in the States, week sure. of November 27th, 1982. At number five, we have Famous Last Words by Supertramp. Okay. It's not the Super Tramp album that I know that has the waitress on the cover. That's not the one. <laughs> I, d- I don't know Super Tramp hardly at all. I only know that record because I had it on 8-track. That was the only 8-track I've seen <laughs> for many years. Right. At number four, we have Night and Day by Joe Jackson. Go Joe Jackson. By nope. the way, not the Joe Jackson that was the patriarch of the Jackson family. Yeah, not, I made not sure the dad of Michael out. Jackson. Yeah, I thought it was. I genuinely no. thought it was. No, this guy's no, like he... a, a British so- singer songwriter or gotcha. Irish, maybe. I don't know. Uh, European. Yeah. Uh, my bad. <laughs> At number three, we have Lionel Richie's Lionel Richie. So presumably the album that Truly's off of. I would imagine. Number two, we have Built for Speed by the Stray Cats. I have that record. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I have Year of the Cat by Al Stewart. Is that is that? No, it's something different. Uh, yeah, I actually a big Brian Setzer fan. I think I've seen him live twice. And he's from the Stray Cats, I'm guessing? Yes. Yep. He's the uh, singer, uh, guitarist. You just said a name. I thought you might have just launched into a whole other topic. <laughs> no, Brian I, Setzer is no, the... No, I uh, really like Tom Waits. <laughs> I... I actually really do like Tom Waits, and that record's coming to you eventually. And number one album on the Billboard 200, the week of November 27th, 1982, is Business As Usual, Men at Work. Gotcha. So. I know that one. I don't know what we get out of these, because we don't really, mo- neither of us have any like connection to most of these albums or songs. I don't know what yeah. we get out of the charts, but I like talking about them, because some of the names are funny. I guess that's <laughs> the older charts are, are more difficult for us to, to grasp onto. Yes. Uh, but I have that stray cats record. I think I had that men at work record too, for a little while. Other albums that came out in November of 82, November 1st, we have plastic surgery disasters from the yes, dead Kennedys. Yeah. So you had plastic surgery disasters, big punk album came out in the States, whereas yep. sound of music, fairly large punk album for the UK charts came out in the UK. Yeah. Also, November 1st, we have Black Metal by Venom. Okay, that's that's where it came from. Well, a lot of people argue right? it's not Black Metal at all. <laughs> right, but that's where, like, the, the idea... I, I guess, right? I, when I was looking at it today, I, I just wanted to look into the album real quick, because I saw, like, some varying reviews of it, mm-hmm. and one of the... One of the reviews just uses the term Black Metal 7,000 times. <laughs> And then another review just says, fuck off. Oh, damn. So Ouch. I don't know where to sit with that album at all. I guess we'd have to listen to it. So then, you know, you you, you got both of those coming out. So you got to have something very similar to both of those coming out at the same time, November 1st. Hello, I must be going. Phil Collins. Yeah, there he is. Very similar <laughs> to the Dead Kennedys record. Very similar to the Venom record. Right. I see no difference. Dudes who picked up. I know, the, I know there's dudes that picked up all three of those. 
at the same time. I'm sure. Oh, really? No, that's a lie. I, that's a lie. That's yeah, 100% I feel like, lie. especially back then, people's music taste was very specific. Nobody was picking up even two of those together. I think I could see somebody owning the Dead Kennedys and the Venom album. I don't think so. I think back then the metal and punk communities were very, very separated. Or you had that dude who was friends with both and hid the other record from the other group. And then he he was probably the one dude picking up the Phil Collins record too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That, and that's the dude that has like the craziest record collection right now. That Yes. Because he has everything. I am. I'm on my way. You're, you're give me there. give me that Venom record, and I have all three. November second, I put this one on here just for you. Long Ooh. after dark, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. There he is. Worst Super Bowl show I've ever seen. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the best Super Bowl show we've ever seen, which was this year. I don't know if I can agree. I don't get me wrong. I loved it, but I don't think anybody could beat Prince. He did put on a fantastic show. Prince's show was unbelievable. I think I was just super hyped for this year. Oh, I was too. And I, I loved it. I'm right yeah. with you. On November 30th, 1982, Michael Jackson's Thriller came out. Oh, God. What a great record. I still love that record. Which, if you recall, was still on the charts forever. A year, a year later when we talked about R.E.M.'s Murmur. Yeah. It was still dominating the charts, not just That thing is a monster of a record. The Addicts personnel on this record are Keith Monkey Warren on vocals, Pete... Pete D. Davison on guitars, Mel Spider Ellis on bass, and Michael Kid D. Davison on drums. Okay. This album is 13 tracks and roughly 36 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But the version that we listened to had three bonus tracks because it was the same version of the CD that I bought. Right. Yeah. So it had three bonus tracks, making it 43 minutes. I don't know. Do you want to talk about the bonus tracks first and yeah. get them out of the way? Oh, we can if you want. That's fine. Yeah, that way we can talk about the record as a whole by itself, like as as they put it out, I guess, technically. Yeah. Uh, the first bonus track is You'll Never Walk Alone. It is yeah. from a it is from a show tune from 1945 Rodgers and Hammerstein's musical Carousel. Okay. I know it from something different. It's a cover of a show tune, apparently. And All what right. do you know it from? I know it from the Liverpool Football Club. Uh, the fans of that football clubs sing this song during matches like this is like a, a football mob kind of chanting type song i didn't know that that's crazy is that yeah, real sh- that is real i i have two friends who are fans of the liverpool football club shout out to simon and scott that actually brought this song to me a long time ago when we were like i was kind of having a rough time and they were telling me you'll never walk alone but uh, i'm guessing it wasn't the addicts version it was not the Addicts version, though. <laughs> <laughs> and how does well, yeah. the Addicts version compare to that version? I like them both. Okay. But I, like, I have emotional attachment to yeah. 150 dudes singing this song out <laughs> chanting without music. Ready to fight the other team for, <laughs> for, for no other reason than they're on the other side of the field. Right, exactly. Second bonus track is Too Young, and I I think it's just a it's a, it's it's a Addicts track that they just added. I don't think there's okay, any, yeah. I don't think it's a I cover. Say, I don't rec- I didn't recognize this track at all. If it was a cover, I totally would have felt this track back in the day. If it is a cover, I couldn't find information on what it's a cover of. Now, now that I'm old, I wish I was too young. <laughs> That's fair. Because 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 like this record, I am 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and the third 
bonus track, if you will, the addicts covering the Ramones track. I want to be sedated. Yeah. Yeah. I love this song. I've always loved this song. I uh, love this addicts version of this song. It's good. I, I loved this song before I knew what being sedated was. Oh, same. Hard same. <laughs> Hard yeah, same. Like, like I, I had this Ramon CD, and I'm sure like I was yelling it out while I was cutting grass in the summers at home. And I probably had the neighbors out like being like, he wants to be sedated. What? This kid is 12. <laughs> I went to a different level, and after I heard I want to be sedated, I just started like delving into their most addictive songs, and like I want to sniff glue. That's what I was screaming oh, yeah. on my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think I'm a bigger fan, and I know it's probably blasphemous for a lot of people, but I like the Addicts version of I Want to Be Sedated better than the Ramones version. Okay, although I think they're not that different. They're, I didn't think so either. Did you listen to the Addicts version first? I'm not, I couldn't have because I want to be sedated has kind of been one of those songs that's always on the radio. It's been on the radio for many years. I'm sure right. that my dad would have played it for me and I would have heard it. OK, I was just curious. I, I'm actually no. I'm sure the first punk quote, quote unquote, punk I've ever heard was I want to be sedated and maybe God save the queen. So we've talked about uh, the addicts a little bit leading up yeah. to this album. We've talked mm-hmm. about what was on the charts during the time this album came out. So let's let's dive into it now, Scott. Sound of music, 13 tracks, roughly 36 minutes. Sure. Let's let's run it down. Right. Uh first track, How Sad. The the carousel sound at the beginning of this record kind of threw me for a second. Like it took me like two or three listens to actually like time it right for the guitars to kick in with the carousel. But like once I got it, I got it and I loved it. Like even in the in the car ride this morning. I was playing it for Lucas and he was like, this is interesting music. And then all of a sudden the guitars <laughs> kicked in and he was like, Oh, okay. There it is. Like even he realized this that wasn't something I was, now. yeah, it wasn't something that dad would yeah. normally listen to, but then it kicked in and got high octane. And now imagine me, buy, imagine me buying this record based off. I don't know. I don't, what would I have known? I just, like the look, I guess I would have like seen their looks and looked at some names. I've actually, no, here we go. I okay. probably saw the, I, I probably saw that I want to be sedated cover. That's a possibility. And figured, figured that they were probably at least somehow related to punk. So then I probably, probably. got it because of that. And then hearing this off the first track, hearing the actual carousel music. Yeah. I was probably, I probably was like, oh, what did I do? What? <laughs> right. what I just wasted $12. Yeah, and then but then once it kicks in, but then I once it kicks probably, in, you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I probably knew I did the right thing. Yeah, 100. percent This this was definitely like 80s punk. I, I mean, this was that's what it is. Yeah, it's a wave I am not super familiar with, as mm-hmm. I've talked about. But I guess when I've said that before, I wasn't thinking of the addicts either, because sure. they're not really in the conversation of like most influential or biggest punk bands. They might be in the UK. I don't know. Right. That's I it might be a regional thing for us. Like maybe yeah. in the UK it's Sex Pixels and Addicts and you know, where it's the Ramones for us. Yeah, and maybe if the Sex Pistols didn't have so much like violence controversy and controversy and uh is the exploited from the UK? Mm-hmm. And I, I think the exploited are more in that conversation than the addicts. But yeah, how sad. The the thing that got me with this was without hearing the I want to be sedated cover first, like I just jumped in, right? I didn't even look at the track listing. I just started listening. I got 
Ramon's vibes off of this, but mm-hmm. I think it's because of the the like sing along super easy chorus. Yeah, I just felt comfortable in it. And that that's probably what it did to me, and that's still what it does to me to this day. Like re-listening to this this week, I was just in heaven because every time I put it on, there's no stakes. I'm just enjoying it. Right. I'm just enjoying what's happening, having a blast. It's just fun. It's just yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, next track, four, three, two, one. Great little punk track. I personally, I personally never followed fashion. Uh, that was one of one of the lines of the song. Uh, but there was a nice little guitar solo in this uh, this track. Really quick. Another eighties punk. Yeah, early eighties punk. But would you say there's more fun in it? Like it kind of feels more up. I kind of feel that way about eighties punk. Like early eighties okay. punk was more fun. Well, let me add to their uh, image here for you. I saved this part until oh, right no. now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> their visual look is complemented by their stage shows. Mm-hmm. Which involve things such as streamers, confetti, playing cards, beach balls, joker hats, toy instruments, bubbles, and glitter. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they went full on carnival, like circus yes. type stuff. Yeah. And I think that that definitely helped me a lot with this too, because it yeah. wasn't what I knew the Ramones and I knew the Sex Pistols, but I didn't know that you could be fun Have with fun. that. Right. Yeah. You, you could say that the, the Ramones had fun here and there, I guess, but it wasn't like an overall joyous sense of fun. Sure. And the Sex Pistols. And, mm. and the Ramones had their own lack of stage presence really yeah i mean they were just dudes in jeans and leather jackets and sex pistols were just heroin loved it (laughs) (laughs) johnny rotten was something and sid vicious was something so could you see now them in their outfits monkeys wearing joker paint polka dot outfit throwing glitter and bubbles around just wild singing these songs i think that whole idea is great to me by the way this this is one of the few bands that I've never seen live that I've always wanted to see. And they're still performing. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely like the the not so serious type punk band. Yeah. I really wonder what Henry Rollins thought about the attic. (laughs) You know what? I bet he actually really digs them. I for some reason, I feel like he, he would dig them. I bet you he does, but like with a caveat Chinese takeaway. I love the audible edition of the acoustic guitar in this one. Uh, you can hear like the pick hitting the strings. I always love that. You do love that shit. I do. I do love that. Uh, I re- this is another one where the I don't want to say it's another one. It's like every song that the addicts have on this record that their choruses are woo woo woo. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. You know what's shocking to me though, listening to this with twenty twenty two ears, yeah. is that a song called Chinese Takeaway put out in nineteen eighty two. I don't think this thing's problematic, is it? No, it's about food. But it's it's just the amount of problematic things that came out even 10, 15 years after this about Chinese food and Chinese takeaway. I don't think we can listen to it without it being problematic. The fact that the addicts put out an unproblematic song about Chinese takeaway in 1982 seems r- unbelievable to me. <laughs> I have written down... That this track is like my life summed up in two and a half minutes. You're just going to get in Chinese takeaway. <laughs> I just want some Chinese food. You went to the thrift shop. Yep, you went it. to the chip shop. Uh, totally. Didn't have a lot of stuff. No, I just want a Chinese takeaway. Woo, woo, woo. If I knew an attic song before I bought the record, like mm-hmm. it would have been from like a LimeWire or a Kaza situation. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. It, it would have been Chinese takeaway just because that that's the, in my head when I think of the addicts, that's the first song I think about. So oh, okay. I don't know if it just went, I know that was also the, the, the single from this album. So, Oh, was it? I didn't know if there were any singles from this album. That, that was the single, but it didn't really do, I, I didn't really do anything. And they only had, they only had one single that reached the UK charts and it was on their next album. I think it was called baby boy. And I think it reached oh, okay. 75 maybe. Oh, all right. Which is solid. Like if you made the charts, you. you I mean, made you the made the charts. charts, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm still astonished that they wrote Chinese Takeaway, and it's not problematic. Like that just right. makes me think these dudes can't be bad. But that's a bad assumption to make about people. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good thing to just be like, oh, they can't be bad. <laughs> they can't be bad. They didn't. They wrote, a, they wrote an unproblematic song about Chinese food. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Which shouldn't shouldn't be the bar. Like everybody, <laughs> it really shouldn't. <laughs> everybody should be able to accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, next up, Johnny was a soldier. I got really um, like born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen vibes from this, just thematically. Okay. Just because this is so it's so dancey and so kind of peppy, whereas Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA is very like everybody mistakes it for. A patriotic like, song. Yeah, a patriotic song <laughs> where they're both about soldiers who, you know, went through some shit and now they can't do what they used to do or love and are yeah. kind of messed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one's done in like a super dancey kind of, I don't want to say funny way, but I mean, he has no legs, so he can't dance anymore. Yeah. See, when, when you heard this song and you thought out of punk for it, I yeah. heard this song and I thought more into punk. I thought of the casualty song, Unknown Soldier, is what I thought. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the connection I make, but probably because I was listening to those two albums at the same time. Right. Next up, Disco. I thought it was really funny because I personally would never want to go to a disco. Man, I'm this not track a, makes me want to, though. I'm not a fan of that lifestyle. Really, because it took me, it, it gave me the impressions that, uh, yeah, nobody wants to go with their punks. Yeah, but that's not how I heard it. That's not, okay. I said, I'm just trying to have a good time. I don't, I don't care who I'm hanging out with. I don't care what you guys care about. Right. I don't care what genre you guys are. I'm just trying to have some fun. I feel like it's that one friend of your group who's like, dude, let's go do some stuff. Oh, yeah. What do you want to do? Let's go to the disco. Oh, no. What? You want to? <laughs> you want to? You Are you? Nope. I felt like, uh, no, I'd rather sit here and have a TV party like Henry Rollins and Black Flag. That's a different party, though. That's not a happy party. TV party was not a happy party. I'd rather go to that party than the disco. <laughs> Maybe I've just been to that party too many times. I've I've been to that party myself. Yeah, and you want to revisit it? Uh, instead of going to the disco? Yeah. So you'd rather have what presumably best case scenario is an average experience as yeah. opposed to an unknown experience that you could have a blast. You don't know. I I can tell you... I would categorically have a terrible experience no matter what. I would feel so uncomfortable in that you would experience. Force yourself to have a bad experience then. I wouldn't force myself. I just know that I would. If you open yourself up to a good experience, you'd have a good experience doing anything. Not going to a disco. You don't know because you've never been. I've never been I, either. I don't know why I'm I have been to a disco. I, I've been to clubs before. It's not my it's not my scene. And I imagine a disco in eighty two would definitely not be my scene. But if you did cocaine, it'd be fine. <laughs> but right. I, I, isn't that, isn't that kind of like the whole thing? Is that the whole thing? I don't know. I, I, I like a few disco records, so I can't say I can't badmouth disco, but I, I don't think I've 
listen to one. You can't say you listen, you like them because you don't even listened. I'm gonna find one. I'm gonna find one of the disco albums I like and bring it. <laughs> Go. You know what? I'm here for it. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, moving past disco. Uh, eyes in the back of your head. This is quite possibly the most paranoid song I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And you can also tell with the addicts, along with the fun they're having, there is definitely a lot more comedy in their stuff than yeah than other. And maybe maybe that was a subgenre of punk in Britain at the time. I don't know. I yeah, guess God. I could, I could have figured that out, but like maybe there was a comedic side of punk that had a following. I don't know. I'm not sure. When this record came out, I was literally eight months old, so couldn't give you a state of the uh, a state of the scene report back then. That's fair. The next song, uh, "Joker in the Pack." Yes, I'm not sure if this song was a direct influence in the birthing of the band Yellow Card. That's a crazy take. Well, I mean, th- this song has a ton of violin in it. There, yeah, there's a big violin in it. I yeah. just never, I never even thought to put those together. But I mean, yeah, Yellow Card th- definitely had a violin. Yeah, uh, so I, I think maybe because I haven't listened to this previously, like that's exactly where my head went. That's and crazy. I was like, I probably could have done without it. Man, if I like I- the violin <laughs> in there. Joker in the Pack no. also another one of the big addicts records. I think I, I liked it in this song. You didn't like it in Yellow Card? I no, I don't like Yellow Card. How many Yellow Card records have you listened to? Just the big one? Two. Did you listen to their final one? I don't know what their final one is. There's like a house on the front or like a barn. I listened to their first one that looked like a beach sunset, I think. Yeah. And then the one own, after do you that. Own a vinyl? Do you own the first one on vinyl? God, no. No. Well, no that... I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to poo-poo <laughs> it because if you did, you could sell for like 450 bucks right now. Oh, man, I totally would. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just did I didn't get into yellow card at all. And I don't know if you would have a different opinion on their final album because you didn't care about yellow card because mm. I cared, like I loved ocean Avenue. Yeah. They have one other track that was on that take action compilation we talked about before. Oh yeah. And that one is very important to me, but like, I just like kind of baseline cared about yellow card. And their okay. final album to me was like emotionally traumatizing. So oh, wow. I don't know if like you not caring at all would see any of that. I don't know. Like it might just seem baseless to you. I don't know. Right. I yeah. I might. I probably wouldn't have the same emotional invested. But like I was barely invested. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm not, It's not like I'm a huge yellow card mark out here. I'm still right. Yeah. First time on vinyl. But <laughs> for sure. So you can sell it. <laughs> no, I, I'd like to keep it. There's yeah. been represses. I'd even grab a repress. But it, I know I knew if you would have had it, it would have been the original one because that, that was the time when you were buying a lot of fucking. Yeah, money. I was. I don't think I even. Yeah, I wouldn't have even picked it up back then. I just didn't. I just didn't care. Get your violin out of my punk. The violin looks sick in the videos, though. He was ripping. (laughs) He was. And then all the strands off the bow were hanging down because he was rocking so hard on that violin. So much. Just horsehair everywhere. Exactly. Uh, No, I didn't mind it in this song, though. I think maybe because it was it was unexpected and like it wasn't in every track. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing I have with Yellow Card is I felt like they were like friggin shoehorning that violin into everything. Hey, we got to get this guy's violin <laughs> for real, Some, like somewhere. 
He had it in his contract where he had to be audible for at least 20 seconds out of every song. I'm going to have to re-listen to their final record and hear if I if it's like that over overbearing because I don't I don't even know if I remember it from a lot of tracks. Obviously, I remember from like Ocean Avenue because it has a little solo in there. But interesting. But yeah, yeah, yellow card in the attics. Did not think that was the comparison we're going to be making. today. (laughs) That was just where I went with it. Uh, Lullaby is the next song. Quick little ripper of a track. Uh, not sure I'd want a crazy clown face dude singing me a lullaby, but you know, <laughs> I, as a guy, who does, as a guy who doesn't like clowns, I could see that being there. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a, not a fan of the clowns. Although l- luckily I think he looks more like a mime than a clown. Cause the, the Droog look is more of a, of a, even though he wears Joker makeup. Yeah. It, it's kind of not the same as a clown modern look, I guess. Sure. Like, it's not even like a John Wayne Gacy clown. It's kind of just like Clockwork Orange. Like, that's what, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. I don't know another way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, I did like the the part in the song, just just the words together. I don't know why this hit me, but I really liked it. Just when he said another lullaby. For yeah. some reason, the, the, the sound that those two words made in the song was just it for me. I don't, I don't know. I'd rack it up to the British accent, too. It, it could have been. But yeah, it just like the syllables together. I don't know. It just sounded good. The the way you're hearing it isn't the way we hear it in American English. So I think that like the syllables do not sound the same in American English. Yeah. I mean, I love the British accent all over this thing. I, I do too. There's some where they're shouting and I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're saying, but I'm into it. <laughs> right. Like on disco when they're talking to each other. Is that the beginning of the track? Yeah, where he was like, hey, John, what are you doing? Do you want to go to the disco? No way. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, no, well I, I, there was the track that I was thinking of is at the beginning. It's like, oh, I goes down at this school. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the next track? My baby got run over by a steamroller. Yes. This is very Ramones feeling to me. Yes. Like I just, yep. The, it's just a wild song with a crazy imagination. And I can't imagine being run over by a steamroller because they go so slow. Like, just imagine going from the feet (laughs) and being rolled over by a steamroller. That'd be Uh, be terrible. It'd be terrible. Yeah. And then if you if you go the other way from head down, like you have to watch it crush your head, (laughs) crush the top of your head. You know, this track sounds so much Ramones to me. I thought it was like up until looking into this album, I thought it was another Ramones cover. Like I thought. Because it sounds it, it sounds like a Ramon song. It sounds like what exactly 100%. what would be a Ramon song. Yeah, agreed. I think, I think Guttermouth covered it on a on a on a compilation album somewhere. Oh, okay. I think it was Guttermouth. I, I saying it through almost every song, but definitely early '80s punk feel. Yeah. Uh, it just yeah, it was good. Uh, a man's got to do is the next song. Punk rock fairy tale. You like? I didn't know we'd get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved that at the end he was like eat your heart out Errol Flynn I loved that that was like a lyric in a song 1982 that's, yep. just, that's all you can say about that <laughs> there's nowhere else it could have been <laughs> in a song an, we're not getting an Errol Flynn reference in 2022 that's for <laughs> right. sure that's for sure uh, but yeah a great little punk rock fairy tale song it was fun there's definitely something you could say about the majority of this record is just it's fun little songs let's go is the next song uh the bass is killing it on this track i love the sing-along nature of the song it feels like a song about being at a show and just having a great time at a show 
Uh, and it kind of takes me back to when I was going to shows every weekend, just seeing who was ever showing up in town, just being just, at a punk rock just show. Just going to all those discos and showing up. Not and... a single disco was to be seen. All disco. You were out not, there burning rock and roll records. Not a single one. I think that's the only reason disco got a bad rap, man. I honestly think that's a big reason why disco got a bad rap is because they did that whole disco is better than rock. I think if they never would have declared war on rock and roll, disco could, may still be a genre. Well, it's coming back. ABBA just put out that record, like what, last month? The Foo Fighters put out a disco record. Yeah, maybe it's coming back. Maybe it's going to be the time of your life, buddy. Are all ABBA records considered disco? Like, is ABBA just a strict disco band or are, are they, they like are just they electronic? Not? I thought they were. I thought they were. I don't know. I've, I listen to ABBA, but in my head, they're not disco, but I guess they are very disco. Mamma Mia. Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe I don't. <laughs> maybe I don't see Mamma Mia as disco, and that's why I don't see those songs as disco. I don't know. I'm going to bring you an ABBA record. Oh, that'll be the day. That'll be yeah, my well, favorite week. Keep your eyes and ears out. <laughs> Easy way out. The next track, powerful beginning to the song. I love the distorted palm muting. Just gives it a super gritty vibe and kind of very Misfits feeling on this track. Okay. I, I imagine it would be the Misfits got influence from this track. Uh, as opposed Maybe it's just like a little spookiness in it, maybe? Yeah. Like it, a little Halloween feel? It definitely is. And then especially with the, the palm muting, the, the okay. chugging kind of. You know me and my feelings of this subject matter. I, I don't feel it now, but I definitely probably could have felt it when I was a teenager. Understood. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But it's a ripper. It goes. But not as fun as the rest, we could say. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it definitely kind of took me out of the fun vibe on this record for a track. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think a little too much. See you mad at the disco. I mean, it, it made me want to listen to disco again. That's that was more fun. yeah yeah, definitely more fun than this yeah i know what you mean not the genre disco the song on this record (laughs) that's fair that's fair and then the uh the closer shake battle shake rattle bang your head yes Uh, i feel like this is a take on the music industry maybe of a song not really sure what the industry was doing in 82 we kind of talked about that already but i feel like the addicts took aim at them in this one i love how it faded out then came back in and then fade it out again at the end. Yes. I, I loved that. I'm a fan of that. But what a what a great closer. Yeah, it's it's weird that they like, I guess Easy Way Out is kind of not the same and not not as fun. But then this thing is, yeah, like you said, don't know what they're really referencing, but it's a weird choice to plant your flag when we were just having fun for 10 tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it really was like a left turn right yeah. easy way out and then then end it with shake rattle bang your head was kind of okay i'm not sure where i'm at now but <laughs> i know i know i was having fun for at least 27 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i still think that song's fun as hell when you're not trying to figure out the lyrics right easy way out's a hard one to get over that though it really it took me out of like, like easy way out still grooves by like if oh, you're yeah. not if you're not paying, if you're super not paying attention, attention to it yeah if it's background music it just yep it's it, it blends right in. yeah but the second you're listening to almost any of the lyrics in that song you're like oh i just want chinese takeaway <laughs> oh man Unproblematic <laughs> is so crazy i'm so proud of him so proud of them okay what are your top three on this album then actually shake rattle bang your head was was my number three solid i'm a fan i think i think because of that closing like 
that little hump of music, like it fades yeah. out, comes back for a little bit, and then fades back out. I love that in a closer. I'm, I'm just a fan. That's a, that's a good closing track. Number two, Johnny Was a Soldier. I, that's a that's a good one. That one competes for mine. That one competes on for my list, but it didn't make it. My list are the first three in that order. Oh, really? Yeah. How sad? Four, three, two, one, and Chinese Takeaway, right? Yeah. Yeah. So are order. they are they in that order? Like number one is yep. how sad. Number two yep. is keep, keep in that order. All right. There was also I think when I got this CD initially, it was like a bonus double CD. Like it came with another one of their records. Oh, okay. And the beginning of it was ode to joy like the beethoven ode to joy oh really okay it like led in to their punk sound much like on how sad the carousel leads into their punk sound oh that's cool did they stick with that for a couple records or i i've listened to this one i've listened to that other weird bonus one i had and then i listened to their next album smart alex maybe smart alex has ode to joy on it maybe that's the one Hmm. but i mean they they always have that for lack of a better description, like the circus feel, I guess. Yeah, like it always gotcha. feels like it, it, you're in the circus anytime yeah. you listen to the act. <laughs> gotcha. My number one track, Chinese Takeaway. Yes. Unproblematic. <laughs> we love an unproblematic king around here. We're big fans. Let me tell you, on my first listen of this record, it was Sunday. After Chinese Takeaway. You went and got Chinese food. And halfway into Johnny Was a Soldier, I ordered the record. <laughs> oh man I didn't, I didn't even listen to the whole thing I I literally listened to three and a half songs and I was like nope I gotta get it you listened to my top three and you said <laughs> I'm, I'm buying this thing I went to Discogs right like I could show you the receipt it was Sunday like two yeah. o'clock in the afternoon I don't even I don't I don't think I own this no I own smart Alex but it's a picture disc which i hate spinning oh, i'm not a fan of picture discs they just don't I, hate sound. They sit, I hate how they sit on my shelf i hate how they sound i hate everything about it i but i don't know i but couldn't I find them. smart alex i couldn't find smart alex anywhere else yeah but yeah i should have it on tuesday i gotta order this thing i love this record so it's i so guess good. i don't have to i don't have to answer the question i don't have to ask the question you already told us thrown owner grown yeah actually it's kind of bordering thrown honestly Whoa. for like early british punk rock this was okay. just, this was so much fun to listen to. Oh, I, I'm so fucking excited because I knew that there was a potential that it could be too fun that would turn you off. And I get that, but I think because like because it sounds so early '80s punk rock, it like it, like it just has that. Early, There's an edge to it. There's a yeah, little edge to it. Like you kind of realize, like back then, this was just this was wild. Yeah. Especially imagine them throwing glitter and bubbles around in the punk scene. I couldn't imagine being at one of these shows. No. I, I wouldn't imagine being at it. Do you think you'd feel differently about it if you had to watch them perform every track? Like if your first encounter with them was at a show that they came out and were having fun and throwing shit away. Like would there be a party that was like, this isn't punk. I don't like this. Possibly. But I don't like to think about it like that. No, no, I'm. Like I got to present all the questions here. No, I totally get it. I don't know. I would probably definitely feel out of place at that show. Okay. Um, even now, uh, not, not now. I don't think not now, not now. I would, I would find the theatrics in it and laugh my ass off. I imagine. And you'd head to the bathroom when they started playing disco. I no. I would be, I'd be with the other guys in the band being like, no way. (laughs) 
But no, like I, I think maybe if I saw him play live first before I listen to the record, maybe I wouldn't get the same kind of like fun feeling for it. Like, don't get me wrong. It would, it, I imagine the show would be so much fun to see, but it might, I might be topped out on fun just listening to this for the first time. Whereas if I was listening to it and seeing it, I'd be like, dude, this is too much. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm I'm glad it didn't happen though because that that feeling that this is too much was what I was that was the only part I was worried about. Right. I knew you'd have no problem with the Sonic because I know you like punk from this time. That is, dude. Oh my god! The, like, just the sound. Like not not the not the music about it, not the not the lyrics about it, but the sound. The it's hard to explain. Like unless you like listen to 80s punk rock there was a definite 80s punk rock sound and this just is right it's perfect for it it's like there's an 80s punk rock filter over top of it for real yeah like you can just click a button and it gives you that feel like it's you can tell it was record recorded live in a studio you can re- you can tell that, that okay maybe not i don't mean recorded live as like they're all playing it together yeah. at the same time, but you could tell that it's recorded in a studio without the digital chopping. Like the, the editing process of this record would be taking tapes, finding it through a tape machine and cutting, it, cutting it up physically with scissors, yes. gluing it back together to make the sound. And I think I really get that in the very beginning when you have the carousel sound mm-hmm. and it doesn't line up exactly perfect yes. with the music, with the, with the punk music when it kicks in, like there's like a half a heartbeat where it should have kicked in already. Yeah. It's not quite right. It's it, not it, quite right. It's like, like it's, this is, this is a carnival, but there's something else going on here. Right. And then <laughs> it kicks in and I'm like, Oh man, I just love that feeling. Yes. And you, yeah, you can totally tell it was like, like real to real recorded and yeah I, I just love that feel i love that feel that's why this is another one that whenever you said you've never listened to them why i was surprised because i i i just know there's certain sounds that you like a lot and yeah. i i would i would have thought that you would have exhausted all of the options that have that sound. <laughs> right well th- i think maybe I imagine I probably heard an attic song before. I think they popped up on a couple on. There was a song Joker in the pack. Maybe is on one of the Tony Hawk games. You may have heard that there. Yeah, that would have been where I heard it. And it could have been one of those things where I was thinking it's like when I listened to it at the time, it definitely could have been that it's too much fun for punk rock for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's possible. You know, so I would have probably just kind of, shove that off to the side and not pay too much attention to it. But going in and listening to the record as a whole, having that just realization and that fun and hearing that sound, it was just, it's fun. Like I, I really <laughs> yes. dig it. I love it, dude. I love it. I'm glad. Like, like I said, the, the only thing that was just that super left turn was easy way out that almost put me out of it. But because it was so close to the end, maybe that's what didn't yeah. really throw it completely for me but yeah no the record is it's great it's super fun so the addicts not of music is a thr parenthetic own close parentheses for you it's a throne yeah i mean that that's what we do like we we give it yeah 
Yeah. We it's give on it the meter, right? It's on yeah. the meter. It, there, there's no, it, everything's a gray area. There's no, yeah. yet. there's no yes or no around here. Like if it's, if it's a gas gauge, I'm yes. over three quarters full yes. on this one. You know what I mean? So just some quick cleanup here about the addicts. They went on to release smart Alex in 1985, 15 overture in 1986. They took a brief period off and released 27 in 1992. The band then took a hiatus from 93 to 02, which I think would be the reason you didn't hear them. Yeah, that's right in that spot where I... Like, 93 yeah. to 02 was where you developed what you were listening to, and they yeah, weren't was putting it. anything out. Yeah, that was 11 to, you said, 02? Yeah. Yeah, 11 to 20. So then they put out Rise and Shine when they got back together in 02. They put out Roller Coaster in 04. They re-recorded their debut album, Songs of Praise, for the 25th anniversary of it and released that in 08. Oh, okay. They released Life Goes On in 09. They released All the Young Droogs in 2012. And then they released And It Was So in 2017. Oh, wow. That's not too, not too long ago. They also have three albums, three live albums, and nine compilation albums out. Okay, so like best of type thing. The Addicts, that is one of the problems I had with Addicts for many years until like places like Discogs came that I I would like search to download Addicts and I didn't know what were albums. I didn't know what were compilation right, albums. Yeah. So I've listened to a lot of Addicts songs, but I don't have the parameters for what album most of them are on. <laughs> right, yeah, that would be rough for me too because I, I think we've talked about it before. I'm not a huge compilation like fan. Yeah, I could. I think I'll take a compilation album before a live album. Ooh, I don't know if I'm just trying to get an idea of what the band is. I think a compilation album is good. Sure, like a, like a greatest hits. I think is. A, by the way, there's a lot of bands that I think I would be fine with the greatest hits, mm-hmm. but it. I there's a part about me that I'm like, I kind of want to hear these songs within the parameters of what they were originally played in right that that's always kind of me like we i mean we've talked about it before i'm an album listener mm-hmm. i like listening things to things front to back and compilations they're definitely not that nothing is in the right track order you know no. and and as far as compilations versus live records i almost would go with live instead of compilation just because you would at least get a feel for the show and the track listing for a for a show. It's not like they make compilation albums and just throw shit together. There has to be some thought. Even if it's just like a first two are from the first album, second three are from the second not, album. Not all compilation records are like that, though, and that's what throws me. Like, I kind of, I appreciate them like that, but when there's no thought and it's just, uh, here's a bunch of singles we had, throw them all here. Here's Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so other than this and other than, other than the fun you were having with this album, what else were you listening to this week? Um, my record of the week is Comeback Kids' Heavy Steps. It just came out at end of January, I think. Okay. was when it came out. I found it at Second and Charles and threw it on the, the turntable when I got home, and it's a ripper. It's super good. I may have listened to one Comeback Kid album, but I don't know yeah. what one it is. They're on the list for you, so. Yeah, I, I think we talked about them briefly before. Yeah, not this record. Even though I'd lo- I'd, I love it, it's super good, but I can't give you one that just came out a month or two ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think we pushed the boundaries with the Weezer record. <laughs> only, as yeah, far we, as... we only listen to new Weezer records. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Comeback Kid has a bunch of a bunch of records that I've I've loved, and uh, 
this new heavy steps one super good my record of the week is block boy jb's album back to the block he uh the only way you would maybe even tangentially know block boy jb is probably well it was a good decision for him like career wise and money wise but he did a song with drake called look alive a couple years ago you may have heard nope i've i've never listened to drake at all it was one of those songs that Drake was on that was interesting. Like nobody really, I mean, Blockboy JB was doing stuff, but he was kind of only still a Memphis guy. Okay. But the people that he attracted, don't get me wrong. Yes. It makes him more sellable. If he had Drake on a track. Yes. He was going to make money off that track. Yes. That track went pretty decent on the charts, but the people that a Drake attracts are not the people who are going to stay and listen to a, an entire Blockboy JB album. I don't think. Sure. Because he's a Memphis guy, he's a you know it's a, it's it's harder, way harder than a than a Drake hip hop record. And I'm I'm a fan. I liked it a lot. I listened to it a lot this week. There was a, I think I'm, is this two for two? It wasn't last week mine? It was that Juicy J album. That was a, that was yeah. a Memphis record too. Yeah, I did listen to some other stuff too. I listened to the Merciful Merciful Fate album this week and didn't know King Diamond was their vocalist. We talked yeah. about that a little bit. We sure did. And then I listened to a Bolt Thrower album. Have you ever listened to Bolt Thrower? Maybe a song here or there. I think I may prefer the Merciful Fate over that Bolt Thrower record, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. All right. So we talked about the Attic Sound of Music. We talked about our records of the week. So now you have to tell me what I'm listening to. Well, I guess we're both listening to it, but yeah, I'll definitely be be listening to it. What cherry am I popping? Nope. (laughs) Nope. 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 Don't like that. Nope. What record am I listening to this week? Uh, as you know, I've had a difficult time coming up with a record to give you this week. Which is weird because you have 4,000 of them to yeah, give me. I quite literally have 72 records to give to you. I wrote them down. I numbered them because I was going to randomize. <laughs> I was just going to randomize it <laughs> because I had I, I wasn't really stoked on anything. Okay. But something happened earlier this week that brought this record back to my attention. And it was two of the founding members got together and did a live performance of a song. This band is operation Ivy. Okay. And the record is energy there. It's their only LP. There's been a bunch of different releases of this. So we're going to start with the song knowledge and end with the song Missionary. The only thing I know about Operation Ivy, other than knowing some people that had the shirts that I thought were cooler <laughs> than me, like I would yeah. see somebody with an Operation Ivy shirt on, I'd be like, you're fucking cooler than I am. I got nothing. <laughs> right. Um, is that I, there's, there's some connection to Rancid, I believe. There but, might be. There might we'll be. Talk, we'll talk about that in the episode. We will definitely talk about that when I dive into this and let you know all the... All the ins, ins and, and outs out. of Operation Ivy. Yeah. Yes. So follow us on Twitter at AOLpod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Follow our Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. You throne-owned Sound Throne. of Music? Yeah, I did. I definitely did. And I will be listening to Operation Ivy's Energy. Yeah. Um, you got anything else? You got anything else before we go? Uh, just thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you for doing this with me. Uh, tons 100%, of fun. 100%. Thank, thank you. Scott. Thank, thank you for bringing me this record. 
I'm, I'm excited. I'm super stoked. I can't wait till Tuesday to get it. <laughs> yes. I'm excited to see, see you spin it. I'm a fan. So I guess if that's it. Yeah, that's um, it. The only thing left is the question. Are you listening? Are you listening? Oh, it goes down at this school. Woo, woo, woo.